All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, Life After Paralysis. I'm your host, Tiffany Carlson. And today we are joined by Scott Fedor. Fedor, I am, am I pronouncing your last name right? Fedor, yes. Fedor, Fedor, like Fedora. Cool. And like, you're, yeah, go ahead. And I was going to say, like the hat. Like the hat. And I totally yeah. said it before you said it. Like for that. So Scott Fedor from Ohio, and um, I'm very happy to have him with, with us today. Now, he has been someone I have known for a while. He has blogged for Spinalpedia. He was one of our guest bloggers. He wrote a really cool blog, and uh, he's going to talk about that. But I just want to say, hey, Scott, so how's it going today? It's going well. I'm thrilled to be here today. So thanks for having me, Tiffany. Um, all right. So where exactly in Ohio are you? Are you in like the city? Are you in the suburbs? I am in Westlake, which is a suburb of Cleveland. I'm about, uh, you know, as the crow flies, probably about six or seven miles from downtown Cleveland. Yeah, that's a nice place to be, a little of both worlds. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm far enough outside where I don't get all the um, congestion, but close enough where it's easy to get in and out. So That's the only great. thing is um, the weather, you know, it's not the great greatest place to be uh, this time <laughs> of the year, but uh, no. if I could do something about the weather, it'd be perfect. Uh, are you born and raised Ohio man? Yes, I was. And I've moved around and lived, um, you know, overseas as well as in other States, but uh, cool. moved back to Ohio probably about a year or so before my injury. But as it turned out, it was, um, you know, fortunately I was back in here because it made things a little bit easier after, uh, you know, dealing with all the craziness as you, as you can appreciate that comes Whoa. after an injury. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone that gets injured overseas and that has to get like shipped back home as someone that's newly paralyzed. That just freaks me out. I, oh, I feel so bad for those people. So thank God you didn't get injured overseas. So let's kind of talk about that since you brought it up. So I know you were injured back in what, 2009, right? Two, yep, July 3rd, 2009. So what, what, what happened? You were in your thirties, right? I was. I was 33 at the time, which uh, mm -hmm. seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I remember everything like it was yesterday. I was mm -hmm. celebrating the 4th of July holiday with my wife at the time up at uh, her parents. They have a cottage up in Coldwater Lake, Michigan, okay. which is probably about a two and a half hour drive from Cleveland or so. And I was up there. It was a beautiful day. I, I had just finished eating and the forecast said that it was going to rain later and it you know was, it wasn't a cloud in the sky but knowing that I was only going to be up at the lake for you know that that night I didn't want to miss a chance to get in the water just absolutely loved um being in the water whenever I could so I went in changed came outside walked down to the dock by myself and dove in mm -hmm. and just for whatever reason that day when I dove in it it just didn't go right and I immediately careened right into the uh right into the lake bed bottom mm. and the area where I dove in I knew well I had been up there several times in fact uh, a couple weeks prior I was up there with my nieces and nephews teaching them how to swim Aww. it just happened that it was one of those summers where it was hot all the time the mm -hmm. water had dried up a little bit and right right just matter of circumstances for whatever reason it just didn't go the That's way it, I, you know it, it should have but um yeah dove in but I never lost consciousness and as soon as okay. I dove in yeah um I slammed into the bottom of the lake bed it turned out it was about uh two feet nine inches was yeah. the um you know it was the actual area where they estimated where I had where I had 
had hit. But I was floating face down, and I knew right away what had happened. Um, just from playing sports and right. being active, you know, my whole life, I knew when I had a little twinge in my neck versus this was something that was just completely foreign Crazy. to me. And right, right. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate. I'm sure a lot of people can, but mm-hmm. when you break your neck, you know, at yeah. that moment right away, there's, there's really oh, not yeah. a doubt in your mind. Oh, yeah. And my challenge was I was floating in the water face down mm. by myself and knew that not only had I just broken my neck, but that this was it. You know, I wasn't going to be able to move, wasn't going to be able to push off the bottom, call for help or anything. Oh, my gosh. And I just, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a tremendous amount of different emotions flooded me and my heart and my brain were in overdrive and just with all the all the craziness, the the, the scariness, the the guilt that that I felt for having just broken my neck and essentially mm-hmm. not just destroyed my life but destroyed that of my wives and know, um, you know my my families and you know after what seemed like an eternity I, I came to grips with the fact that this is it I'll, I'm I'm gonna die and wasn't comfortable with it but knew that there was nothing I could do right said my prayers and then decided to because I was alone and just you know with with the fear that was pumping through me decided that if I opened my mouth and tried to swallow water to drown myself that'd be the quickest way to end things and essentially that's what I did that's all that I remember Mm. and then I, I I woke up in a you know in a hospital bed a couple days later but what I came to find out did happen that the dog, the family dog, had followed me down to the to the lake. And when I dove off the pier Ugh. and was floating in the water, it was the dog that just started barking like crazy. No way. Which, yeah, you know, they talk about dog being man's best friend. Wow. Well, that alerted um, my wife who was up in the, uh, ex-wife who was up in the uh, house, just to kind of to look out see me floating and took her a second to realize something wasn't right so had that dog not followed me down to the water who knows if um you know when I would have been noticed and by that time if it would have been too late or not so that's yeah it really is true what they say about a dog's (laughs) instinct and what a great dog yeah uh, Eddie was was a dog's name and uh one of the last one of the last pictures that was actually taken of me that day um, you know, before I broke my neck was a picture of me holding Eddie. So it was, um, you know, I still have that picture and it's just a, you know, great picture. And unfortunately Eddie's no longer with us, but, um, uh, you know, his dog. memory and his legacy live on, obviously. Man, I wish dogs could live for like 30 years. That would oh, be, that'd be great. Oh, that is terrible though. Good, happy story about the dog, but wow. I mean, that's a quite the intense story. And so you were 33 married. Suddenly you had a C3 injury. And I know from what I've seen in your photos, do you have any arm movement or are your arms mostly paralyzed? No, yeah. I um, Besides a shoulder <laughs> shrug, that's about it. I have um, no movement or no feeling pretty much below my um you know, um, well, no movement from my neck, shoulders down, mm-hmm. but really no feeling from, I'd say, probably like my nipple line down, mid-chest uh-huh. down. Yeah. A little bit of feeling in my biceps, and then that's about it. 
Man, but, um, yeah, that's a, quite the transition to like you. I've seen you've written about it, but you know, going from you know, you look like you're in pretty awesome shape, pretty physical looking person to suddenly being, you know, quite. We all have done this transition. I've talked to so many people about it, and I guess I what 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 for you? You know, when you went to rehab and you were newly injured, what helped you get through that really hard period? You know, there's um, it, it's so hard. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'll be honest, um, you know, like, like you said, I, I was in great shape, was fit. I, yeah. you know, was proud of my physique. And, um, you know, you, you go through that immediately. There's that mental just coming to terms or just trying to wrap your head around what what's happened in, in this mm -hmm. body that I was so proud of or, and, and yeah. was strong and had always, you know, been able to pretty much endure physical limit, limitations wasn't there to help me anymore and you know dealing with that and just kind of trying to accept that fact and having all this new stuff thrown at you right away it was tough and 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 I tell people and I, I talk about it in my book I talk about when, when I give speeches yeah. you know I wasn't a Pollyanna I I had a hard time yeah. and you know I, I got up and I, I went to my therapy and I you know I went mm -hmm. through the routine but my yeah. mind um, was so was lagging so far behind yeah. as far as trying to play catch up with my body because I just a didn't want to accept and deal with what had happened mm -hmm. b didn't know how to yeah um, and to your to your answer um or to your question mm -hmm. you know what helped me in that initial um, time frame was the support of of Christy who um, you know who was my wife at the time yeah you know her support was tremendous. My family, uh, my mom, my father, my sister, uh, as well as friends, and even strangers, and, and just you know, hospital staff and people I hadn't met who would stop in to see me or who heard about my story and reached out. Um, you know, really, it is true that the support of others can really lift us up. But at times, I'll be honest, I thought I was, you know, I felt like I was trying to work harder for them than for myself because it was just. Um, it took me a while, years, to really wrap my head around this and, and accept the fact that, that things are going to be different now. And I know that's kind of like why I felt like your guest blog about, your, you wrote a blog for us called The Five Absolute Truths a Broken Neck Taught Me. And, and a lot of this from this blog is, I think, relevant to what we're talking about because it's about how you deal with which would people, some people think they could never live through. I, I've been told, man, if that happened to me, I wouldn't want to live. And I, people have told that to my face. And I'm sure you've yep, heard that you, I've as heard well. That too. And, you know, and like, what do you say to that? And, you know, and, but you can live with it. And I think this is such a great post that you wrote for us. So yeah. I know like, the first one you talked about is what starts with the right attitude, right? Yeah, oh, sure. I mean, attitude is it's, that's, that to me is the foundation. That's the bedrock that, mm -hmm. you know, whether you have a broken neck or not, or whatever kind of adversity you have in your life. Um, yeah. You know, like I tell people attitudes, the one thing that, that we still have control over. Mm -hmm. No one can force an attitude among us unless we let them. And, yeah. you know, we can choose what that attitude is. And, you know, there's a lot of truth in the matter that, you know, positive thinking can translate and turn itself into, you know, the positive action. It's so. actually true. I yep. believe in that. I totally Absolutely. Do. And, and I might had a little poster that my dad got me this, that attitude is everything. And I, I was like, that is so cheesy. I hate that so much. <laughs> I was a teenager and newly injured too. And I was not happy either. And I, but if you think, 
now that I'm older, it does make a lot of sense. You know, attitude can really take you through. Absolutely. It's, I um, had a I had a little poster similar to that too. I had a different saying, but it was um, attitude equals altitude. Altitude. And you know, nice. basically, you know, you can yeah. soar as high as you want with the right attitude. And yeah. I'm not just you know, not just obviously, you and I were we're living, we're breathing that. I mean, I'm not just saying this. I I have discovered how the it, the power of a positive attitude has has just completely turned my life into 180 for for the good. It, it's, and I, I don't think I'd be here doing as well as I'm doing or excited uh, to be living my life had I not had the right attitude. And some people are wondering, well, how did you find that positive attitude? Was it God or religion or what helped you get to that point? Um, sure. Uh, combination. Um, certainly that was a lot of it. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I had never lost my faith. Um, you know, I was a practicing Catholic up until still am, but at the time of my injury, and, um, you know, just, just believing in God, believing in his yeah. plan, yeah. that was a big part of it. But, you know, it's, it's always easy to say, oh, you believe in God's plan. And then all of a sudden when something happens that, right. I know. that you don't think should be part of that plan, <laughs> then it becomes mm-hmm. a little bit more of a challenge. Um, uh-huh. But just having my faith, having people around me who had strong faith so that in moments of doubt, um, you know, they were there to pick me back up. Um, that was that was huge, and you know, I, I had nurses and doctors that prayed with me, oh. that would huddle around my bed and almost have what what I would call like a revival session. They would That's just great. sing and they pray, and and you know that was that was really powerful, and, and it certainly put to bed all these um, discussions about you know men of science and women of science can't be men of God either. You know, science and religion can't mix. I mean, oh, they can. They, yeah, they absolutely go hand in hand. I and, believe um, they do. Yeah, you know, and and so my faith and belief was a was a great part of it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, faith and belief that 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 doesn't necessarily always translate to a miracle in in mm-hmm. the sense of physical restoration. Yep. And what I learned was that the miracles that you know that God did bestow upon me, you mm-hmm. know, those those took place internally in my in, in me rather than externally with yeah. the physical sense. And yeah. I think that just the way he strengthened my mind and gave me that strong attitude yeah. really just, you know, he allowed me to use that as a, as a springboard and do a lot of other stuff. And, awesome. and part of that also to your qu- question was, um, yeah. you know, I was raised, my father was a very positive person and all growing up, he used to always just instill in me how, you know, how powerful, you know, to believe in yourself, to have a strong attitude, how much power it really can be in your life. And he was always making me listen to motivational tapes. And I mean, (laughs) I had reams and reams and books of motivational sayings and stories. So, you know, it was a combination of my faith in God and and, and, and his plan, as well as um, just having a great foundation that my parents instilled in me. That's so cool. So, okay, your second truth is inch by inch, yard by yard is awfully hard. So what yep. did you mean by that truth? Inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's yes. awfully hard. Sorry, I missed yep. the cinch part. Nope. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, you know, it's, it's when, when dealing with a spinal cord injury, you lose everything. And obviously our goal is to get back to having independence and, and getting that back. But like with anything, you know, things don't, happen overnight and and things take time Mm -hmm. and when you're really trying to move mountains and to make strides and 
and to, to really accomplish great things, sometimes that takes a lot of time and you have to be willing to win, you know, win the inches and, and deal with things on a, on a, on a small scale, knowing that you're not going to get to the top of the mountain overnight. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the, the old cliche, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you're not going to get from A to Z right away without going through B, C, D, et cetera. Yeah. So those little inches, whether it's, you know, learning to breathe without a ventilator, um, mm-hmm. being able to tolerate being in a chair a little bit longer each day, yeah. passing a swallow test, you know, all those inches add up to the yards that allow you to, um, you know, get from the hospital to, to home. You know, that's a big milestone, but there's a lot of little things that happen that allow you to get that milestone. So it's all about realizing that, you know, the battle Mm -hmm. and the victories do lie in the inches. Yards are nice, but you you, you, you can't can't try to fight this battle or live your life thinking you're going to, you know, be moving yards at a time. That's that's wise. I love that one. That's good because you can't you can't you can't reach go uh, reach a yard without going a few inches first, yep, right? All yeah. those yards are made up of those inches. inches. Absolutely. Okay, so your third truth is there. Sorry, there'll be good days and bad days, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and you know this might just seem simple on on the surface, but I I really wrote this to remind myself that you know when you're going through a spinal cord, there's a injury recovery there's a lot of bad days. And when you have those bad days, it's, it's easy to quickly get discouraged. Yep. But you got to remember, and you know, all <laughs> of us, before we were injured or before we have any adversity, yeah. you know, everyday life, we have good days and bad days. Now, yeah. our bad, is, it's all you know, a little bit relative. It might be different as far as what that bad is. But, you know, you're going to have bad days. And even as you start making strides and recovery and, and, and you're, 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 you're doing well, boom, you might get a setback mm-hmm. and it can knock you back, knock you off your feet, you know, yeah. so to speak. And you can find yourself getting down. So you have to remember, yeah, you know, you're still going to have bad days. Even if your things are going well, uh, bad days can happen. But Absolutely. you have to remember you've gotten through those bad days before. <clears throat> you know, no storm lasts forever. You can get through it again. Yeah. But you want to you don't want to be that eternal optimist. I mean, you want to certainly be happy and live with optimism, but you got to realize, you know, just because you've been through something doesn't mean that bad times aren't going to find you again, but Hey, you know, you got this, you've been through it once. You'll get through it again. Use the, you know, use the lessons you've learned to, to kind of move forward. I like that, but you don't want too many bad days in a row though, right? No. Um, and that's, then that's really where, you know, those were like more of those inches that, that grew into yards. Um, yeah. You know, I was having bad day after bad day after bad day, but then you start having good days sprinkled yeah. in there. And then sooner before you know it, you're having a lot of good days in a row. And then every now and yeah. then a bad day. And that's, and that's what you want. Yes. <laughs> and that's also when I recognized that tide was turning when, you know, every day at the end of the day was a little bit better than the day before. Yeah. And pretty soon I was having a lot more of those days than, you know, than those bad days. But, I love you, it. Just, yeah, you, you know, we'll, we'll get through it when they do come. You just got to remember that. That's good to know. You know, you people, it, it, the good days will also, you know, I think it's cool to know that, you know, in the beginning of being paralyzed, you can have a lot of bad days, but as, like you said, the good days can, they'll come, they'll come. And I think for a lot yeah. of people who are I newly mean, injured. A, yeah. you know, a great way to look at it is just think about, you know, 
when you're sitting there in the summer or you're at a beach or no matter where you live, you know, it's a beautiful season. You're having sunny days every day. Well, all of a sudden one day it rains and you can't do what you want to do. And it's just thunderstorms and it's kind of crappy outside. Well, you know that, you know, yeah, that sucks on that day. But, you know, the sun's going to come back out and you, and you know what it's like when when those rain clouds do go away. You can get back to being outside and having fun and enjoying the weather. So it's just, you know, it's it's like with anything. There's going to be little storms throughout the seasons of your life and <laughs> they, they don't last forever. Um, you know, they, they don't last forever, as I've discovered. I like that. So, okay, number four, you are not defined by your adversity. That's a very important one, I feel like. Yes, this is this is huge in my opinion. And um, you know, when when I speak to, I, I do a lot of motivational speaking and uh, to various audiences. Mm-hmm. I always put up a, a slide that shows some synonyms or for the word, uh, you know, disabled, mm-hmm. and they're d- horrible words. You know, sickly, broken, dilapidated, and I tell people that look, I may have a disability but I'm not disabled. I'm not, you know, those words don't describe me as like sickly or dilapidated, broken, mm-hmm. um, you know, used up. Uh, I'm still Scott. You know, we are still ourselves. We still have the, you know, the power to determine our attitude, to, to choose our mindset. And while I may have a disability that prevents me from doing certain things the way I'd like to do them, I'm not disabled. You know, I am still living my life. I'm still able to, um, you know, to to, to yeah. do things that I want to do, to find ways to do those, to be resourceful. Exactly. So yeah. as with anything, whether it's a disability or whether it's any kind of adversity in life, don't let that define you because it's not who you are. Um, you know, you, you know, you, you are, you're, you're bigger than your adversity or bigger than the disability Absolutely. that you face. So it's important to remember that. I, yeah. When I write about people who are paralyzed here, you don't want to go a quadriplegic man, right? Like he's not a quadriplegic first before he's a man. You have right. to, and that can be a subconscious thing people will even say, and then that can grow into a greater problem and people feel like they are defined by what is something that happened to them, which really is, shouldn't be the case. So I think it's really, it's a really good one. I really like yep. that one. Okay. So number five, it's all relative. So yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you know, like all these other ones, um, you know, these might seem like common sense, but really you, you just got to remember, um, remember that because they're so powerful. It is all relative. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time after I was injured, I'd sit in therapy and I'd look at all these other people around me who, yeah. who are making strides. And as you know, every spinal cord injury is different. I mean, they're like snowflakes. I there know. really are no two alike. Yeah. I have friends that are diagnosed with the same injury. Mm-hmm. One's walking, one's in a wheelchair. I mean, That's there's no, crazy. yeah, yeah there, there's just no rhyme or reason to how the body's going to heal itself. But mm-hmm. it's important to remember that that doesn't mean that one might seem worse than the other. And, and on the surface, it and how it affects you can certainly be more devastating, mm-hmm. but it is relative. Um, you know, I have probably one of the worst injuries you can have. I don't have movement. I don't have sensation. I, I had to learn to just to breathe again, yeah. but I wake up every day and I'm just so thankful. I mean, I, I, I feel, I look at people that you might know someone living with ALS yeah. and unfortunately yeah. that's a debility debilitating disease that mm-hmm. you wake up every day and the potential's not there to get better. 
I wake up every day and I feel like I still have that potential. I can make the day what I want it to be. So I, you know, so it, I think it's human nature to want to compare ourselves, but you have to remember, you don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know what, you know, what lies, you know, inside of them. So it is all relative and you just need to, um, to realize that the only one you want to compare yourself is yourself the previous day. Absolutely. Um, and then hopefully you're, you're making strides and, and you're improving on that. But to go around and let yourself get depressed or beaten down because you don't think you have it as good or, you know, you have it worse than someone else that, that doesn't serve anyone any good. And, and you don't know that because there's always someone who has it worse off and there's always someone who has it better off. It's so and, true. And, yeah. You know, it doesn't do you any good to sit there and obsess about it. Just, you know, focus on what you can control and, um, yeah. you know, the rest will, the rest will fall into place as it should. Absolutely. I always tell myself too, I'm on my own journey. You can't compare yourself to all those other people out there doing what they're doing in their lives. You're on your own path and you have to just constantly, I have to remind myself that I think more often as a quadriplegic, it's something you have to do though. Absolutely. And to your point, you know, having read, that's why I wrote these things down and that's why I preach them because mm-hmm. they're, they are easy, simple little maxims, but yeah. we do have to remind myself ourselves. You know, myself, myself included. And every time I'm talking with someone or, mm-hmm. you know, giving a speech, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to an audience, but I'm also reminding myself Absolutely of, of, of these, these little truths because <clears throat> they do make a difference, but they need to be top of mind. Otherwise it's easy to allow yourself to just kind of regress back into a dark place where you don't want to be. So you wrote a book called Headstrong, How a Broken Neck Strengthened My Spirit. It was published in 2019. And there's a quote I want to read from it real quick. And then you can tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So it's, uh, I love this quote. And it's on the page. You can see it on, on the Amazon page for it. But basically it says, do you want to live is, is the first question we all ask ourselves when we set out to create a life full of purpose and passion. Living your best life all starts with the right attitude, even when you're told you'll never walk again. I like that. I love that, actually. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, this book, let's talk just a little bit about it. I know we don't have a ton of time, but I want people to know about your book. So why don't you just talk about why people should buy your book? Um, sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a memoir. Um, you know, it's divided into a couple parts. It, it literally starts with my life, um, uh, you know, as a child growing up, up until the injury. And there's a lot of different exploits and a lot of different um, experiences I talk about. But all of those experiences at some point, although I didn't know it at the time, were going to play a part in helping me discover that, you know, the strength I needed to, to recover from my injury. And the way it's laid out, I take, it's very intimate. I don't hold anything back. And I take the reader along on a journey, but also, um, you know, it's not just my physical journey and the experiences I went through. They really get into my mind and how I transform my thinking to, to be able to overcome the challenges I face. And I really believe in, you know, some of the feedback's just been amazing that when people read this, there's, you know, there, there's no one step fits all recipe that someone can apply to their life to deal with, with adversity, but we can learn from others. And it does help sometimes to understand, you know, how other people dealt with the challenges that they faced. And I just laid out in a way that I hope that it helps people realize nothing is insurmountable even when things seem at their absolute worst they can get better they often do get better 
and there are some little things you can do to influence that along the way that turn out to be major um, factors in, in determining how how your life can get better. And so that's what I set out to do. And at the same time, to really give people hope that no matter what you're up against and, and you know, how bad you go through it, you know, there are, there are things on the other end to look forward to, even if you never find yourself getting back to that area where you wanted to, or, or that goal or that end result. Um, you know, it, it is a journey, but that you don't have to wait until you get to the, you know, get to the ultimate peak or, you know, or climb that mountain to be able to enjoy that journey. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's ways, you know, along the way you really can find, find things to be happy about again. And that, you know, that's what I talk about in there. And I just talk about everything that's happened to me since my injury and how it's made me a better person, including, um, you know, I started a foundation called getting yeah. back up. Let's talk about it's, that. You started that yeah. like what, two years after your injury, it looks um, like, right? Sure. Yep. I ended up moving into a nursing home for 14 months after I got injured. Um, oh my gosh. And at the time mm -hmm. I was going through. Um, my wife and I decided uh, to, to end our marriage. So that kind of put a delay in a, a damper on me get, you know, where I was going to live and what I was going to do. And while I was in that nursing home, my therapy was stopped. And the one thing that, you know, that got me up in the morning, got me excited. And it's so important when you have an injury like this is getting that therapy. And I realized that I was 33, 34 years old. This was no place for someone to be living a, a young person full of you know vigor and wanting to go 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 being in a nursing home wasn't the right place and not being able to have access to therapy wasn't you know just didn't seem fair no. and those two things became the impetus for getting back up and I decided that I wanted to create a way or somehow you know I was able to benefit from the good fortune of a lot of other people through donations and finding a way to, to raise money for me to allow me to continue to pay for therapy. Well, I wanted to find a way to give back and getting back up at it, it, its mission is, you know, simply stated it's to improve the quality of life immediately through exercise therapy and adaptable products, you know, for people going through this, um, you know, going through this. So that's, that's, that's what we did. And yeah, yeah it's, and then and, and the other part of it is creating, you know, at, at some point down the road, being able to create, affordable housing for for individuals to have another alternative so, wow so, so you're, yeah so you have you done and have you built any affordable housing yet or is that on the plans no it's on the plans um you know i built a property that i currently live in that you know okay. the plan is and, and at some point to take on um you know others uh and allow them to you know to live here as well i'm, I'm not oh. at that stage yet are you but, raising? Um, are you going to try to raise more money? Is that what's holding you up, or are you just waiting till no, the pandemic's over? No, it's um. I, I mean, it's you know, unfortunately, the pandemic has certainly affected our ability to do a lot of fundraising. Mm -hmm. We have a very good um, donor base. Um, a lot of people out there that are recurring uh, um, to donate, but we really need to um. You know, where where the organization's at right now, we need to raise a lot more money to be able to um you know, to get into the, the building aspect of it. We, I love this idea, though. It's a great idea. Oh, if, people wanna, great. If, if people want to donate, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, just, you know, you can, gettingbackup.org is the foundation. Mm -hmm. My individual website is scottwfedor.com, okay. where there's links to getting back up. 
Yeah. Um, but I will say, um, you know, all donations, big, small, whatever, they're all appreciated. And, mm-hmm. and just about every cent, as much as we can, goes to the individuals. And we've helped over 100 individuals to date so far with, with grants that range anywhere from, you know, a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars with, with getting the therapy and the products that they need. So right now, while we're not actually getting these properties built yet, we still are assisting people with, um, you know, with just life-changing uh, donation or, or grants that oh, allow wow. them in the, in the, to get the help they need. And the feedback from these people and, and that we help is just, it's just great to hear how, how big of a difference it's made in their life. You're so every little, bit, every little bit helps. And you're helping specifically with exercise-based therapy. So we're talking like project walk, those types of places, right? Correct. Yep. It's it's things that your insurance wouldn't cover. So there's a lot of gyms like project walks, a good example that are popping up all across the country that really have that aggressive, non-traditional type of therapy where they're not afraid to to try different equipment, try different things with you and work you out. And it works. And it works for a lot of people. I mean, I've benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, one of the gentlemen on our board of directors, uh, you know, he, after 17 years, went to project walk out in California and started moving things. He hadn't moved in 17 years. Wow. So yeah, it, it really does work. And, and that's kind of why, um, you know, we, we try to seek to help as many people as we can. And we've been fortunate to, okay. to help a great deal of people, but we do rely on those, you know, individual donations mostly. And, there are some grants we get, but okay. gettingbackup.org. And if anyone yep. out there knows anyone who needs assistance as exactly. well, yes, check it yes. out and apply because we'd love to be able to help as many people as possible. Right. Gettingbackup.org. This is good. If you want to live in your, maybe your future housing, if you're interested, contact Scott. If you want to help out, contact Scott. If you need, if you need some exercise-based therapy assistance, how about if you don't live in Ohio, but you live in like North Dakota? Yep, anywhere in the in the fifty states, you know, okay. we we have, unfortunately we're not able to really help people internationally right now. Right, right. Uh, there's there's some logistic issues there, but anywhere in the fifty in the fifty states. That's in so fact, good. most of the people that we help are outside of Ohio. So oh, certainly, um, don't okay. hesitate to yeah to reach out to us if we can be of any help. Okay. And then myself as well, if there you mm-hmm. know personally, if there's anything I can do for someone, whether it's talking with someone or or um you know, getting someone a copy of the book or, yeah. you know, or, or just a little, uh, you know, some advice, they can reach me at, again, scottwfedor.com or all my that. social media links, everything's are, are, are on there. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll share them too on the page for the podcast so people can make sure to find you because I know that you sound like, even if I was newly injured and I had questions, you'd be a good person to connect with, I think, just for some tips on how to cope. It helped me, um, you know, when I was injured and I met people who, who had been through it, it certainly helped me. So I realized that, yeah. um, you know, I, I like to do my part to help others. Or we can all benefit from it. Well, I love your housing idea. I, when I was researching you today for the show, I, I saw a brief thing on your website and I didn't really look into it. And I just imagine right now, like, like, um, kind of like a place for guys and women that are all have disabilities that yep. don't, let's say have significant others want to live together and not be alone all the time. Right. Yep. That's kind of what you're thinking of. Exactly. We call I, it the quad, you I know, just, it'd be, I it'd be like it. a house where maybe yeah. you know, four or five, uh, you know, individuals could live, cohabitate, they yeah. could pull their resources together to make them go farther. And, yeah. you know, and the houses would be designed to fit their needs to have other things that would, that uh, you typically wouldn't find in a regular home. Or a group home, let's say, even 
but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a, you know, it doesn't feel like an institution. It's like a house. I, I mean, you know, these, these are in cities and suburbs and um, mm. it just, it, it helps give, give you that normalcy, but at the same time, you know, it's equipped to help you thrive as well. So. That sounds great. I went to Camp Courage when I first broke my neck and it was a camp in Minnesota for people in wheelchairs and there was cabins that were built really big in their circle cabins and there was all these separate like, oh, rooms on the okay. outside in the middle area was like the lounge fireplace area and yeah, I'm thinking right I don't know your design idea yet but no Camp Courage I'll have to, I'll have to look that up because their cabins. Uh, it's a, they're kind of a small yeah. idea for I don't know if they'd work for like full-time like living I don't even know I like I love like design of like furniture um, which is really sure there's something you know we can always borrow from other people maybe you know, always little ideas and oh, you never know where that inspiration is going to come from if people live alone courage, you know so. i i found a, a man who i'm lucky to have a guy but you know for many years of my life i lived alone i've met many years and there's nothing worse than being alone i think when you have a paralysis and for anybody you know so i just think i hope that you get that project off the ground because yeah. it's great oh uh, well thank you thank you yeah, oh, I really yeah, we're, we're working on it Okay. Awesome. So, okay. Well, I think that's pretty much all I have to ask you. So I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and your, your, your life and, you know, everything. And I hope that, you know, you're able to do more projects here in 2021. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple things on the horizon and I'm excited to get into those and hopefully, uh, you know, as things start opening back up here with this, uh, pandemic, I, you know, I feel that we're, we're kind of, we're we're almost at the end here you know there is a light you can kind of see it it's getting closer every day so I know. have you been vaccinated um, yet i have not no i yeah i have not and um you know it's uh it's it's been a you know it's soon but it you know it, I, I haven't yet have you uh, no minnesota's not vaccinating people with paralysis right now yeah mm-hmm. that's the same with ohio we're, yeah. we're stuck at the 65 grape right now but yeah. It'll be here before we know it, you know, just in time for summer, I think. Let's hope. I know. I can't wait. So, all right. Well, thank you again, Scott. Have an awesome day. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that this podcast will reach the right people. And, I, you know, I know it will. I hope so. Thank you for getting the right. opportunity. Talk to Talk you later. To you yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya.